0: Thank (laughs) you, such a pleasure.
1: It's my honor. Intuition, meditation.
0: Meditation, intuition.
1: Yes. Yes. Lots to unpack. It's a very important show. I'm grateful that Shaker introduced us. Yes. Make this happen. Yeah. Liana's got a lot of good images as well as we unpack. Let's jump in. We'll start with the journey. (laughs) So, what was it like growing up? and how did you become interested in what you care about today
0: Mm -hmm. I think just a natural feeling of curiosity and feeling that the picture I used to see in my childhood is something like you know there is something else there should be something else because I was raised in Moscow and people around me had pretty I would say limited lifestyle pretty similar you know everybody's going on a work for a five days then two days they are drinking and hanging out you know like just just a similar scenario which was for me very boring <laughs> and I really wanted to see something else and I remember myself growing up and thinking about traveling and just to be connected with different mindsets you know to see how different people live and yeah I was I was in a very strict you know this like Russian environment I was playing violin for 11 years my parents pushed me to do that I hate it doing this it was very strict discipline and after school i went to university which is my mom asked me to do i never wanted to do that i just wanted to go travel i wanted to explore and when i had a chance to get one-way ticket to thailand i was like um yeah that's i think that's where my journey starts
1: Mm -hmm. all right we'll get to this yeah we'll get to this two years in thailand we'll get we'll Mm -hmm. get we'll get here initially what you were sharing it very deeply resonated with me that there is a a culture of ...stamping people out as gingerbread cookies into the economic machinery to fill roles. And so everybody looks the same. Everybody has their unique contribution in a way. But the process of doing what you described with a 9 to 5 for 5 days and then for the 2 days... Undergoing some sort of. As many people hypothesize. And it seems to be correct. That when people undergo such. Processes of intoxication. The attempt is to. Commune with God. And. There are so many other ways of. Investigating one's own consciousness that lead to that feeling of communion, infinite hmm. consciousness. And we'll, we'll get to some of these spiritual perennial wisdoms. And so it's, it's funny that the way that the economic machinery works is that you have the billions of people daily that are veiling themselves from the true nature of consciousness by focusing on an external objective pursuit of money and materialism. So that seems to be a very common thing, not only as you described. In Russia, but in the United States, in the Middle East, in Europe, in China, in Asia. So it's becoming more of more of a common fetish of modernity is rather than tuning inward for what is the role of my conscious? what is the role of reality? At large, there is sort of a perpetual veiling that occurs of consciousness in some sort of nine to five economic gears in a machine. So that was the first thing that really resonated with me. And I'm glad that you, even through your parental pressure of 11 years playing violin, and even through your parental pressure of going to university, even through that, you still... Put the pieces together to get to thailand that's huge because that one first foundational moment is what opens up the doors of perception of consciousness to higher states of awareness to what is possible outside of the machine so good for you for doing that how did you piece together the finances to send yourself to thailand on that one-way ticket
0: Mm -hmm. so i was working uh on a place i was actually working as a manager (laughs) yeah so very um very machine mechanic work you know and i collected some money and i met my future husband at the time who was already kind of out of the system you know and we just uh got high one night (laughs) i was smoking at the time And I started to painting at that moment. I think I had my first artworks and we were talking and that was this moment of deep conversations when he told me like, why are you working in office? Like, (laughs) look at your, (laughs) look at your artworks. Why are you working in office? And I was honest and I just told him because I'm scared because I'm scared. I need money. And he was like, you, you shouldn't do that anymore. And this night I made this, you need to make this paper, you know, when you say that, like I'm leaving. Yep. So I collected the rest of my money. Uh, he helped me with the, with a part for the tickets. Yep. And yeah, we just left there. And we left with a few, few of other friends who basically wow. as well didn't really had planned. We all were you know, I was artist, who's, who's just starting to go into this art and creativity, and other friends of mine, they already was on the creative path, and yeah, we didn't have a plan, we just was like, you know, we'll go and see what's going to happen, and there was a moment when uh, money finished, we didn't have money to go back, <laughs> we were like, eating rice, uh, you know, and uh, picking coconuts (laughs) from palms (laughs) for a few months yeah and local people actually help us a lot they like they literally adopted us (laughs) for a few months and i got pregnant in thailand at this moment and my husband he left to russia i mean he was lucky enough he always um he never betrayed himself in a way of he always was a musician and he still work as a musician now and sometimes have really hard times you know but he just like you know that's what i'm doing that's what i'm great at i'm not going to do you know delivery work or something like that and he left to russia because he was already known out there and i stayed in thailand Uh, Because I didn't want to go back in Russia. And I planned to give birth of my child in Thailand first. And my mom, she called me and she's in traditional medicine. And she called me and said that I'm worried about you. You're alone, pregnant in a different country. Please come back. Be a normal person. (laughs) (laughs) I will find a hospital for you. And... I thought that again I did it for her I came back in Russia and I think you know that's where I would go for intuition and connection to your higher self and to bigger let's say consciousness yes Uh, I came back to Russia it was six months of my pregnancy and I was in the traffic in a taxi and something happened where it was the first time where I didn't lose the sense of my body and who I am I knew who I am I mean you know like as Liana I'm in Moscow okay and all these things but at the same time there was a like another sense which I can sense through myself and which connects me and everything around. Yes. And this space, if I would say that this space was talking with me, that would be wrong because you just like read the message. It's yes. not a sound, it's not a picture, but you know the message yeah. and the message was really clear. You have to go and give birth of your child to India.
2: Yeah.
0: And I had no doubt. That this is what I have to do. At this same moment, I googled the offices which gives (laughs) visas. Yeah, (laughs) same moment. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I called there, figure out what I should do to get a ticket, and I called to my mom first and said, Mom, I'm leaving in a two weeks to India. I never been there before. And I remember that was the first moment when she really actually accepted me i think like my craziness you know
1: yeah (laughs) that's beautiful
0: Mm -hmm. i think that was for her like okay i can't change her because all this time she tried to for because of yeah because of she was sure she was she was scared you know she was worried and that was from her perspective um
1: she let go yeah that moment she let go
0: and she was like you know what I support you. I support whatever decision wow. you're making. I mean, Rock my husband on. was freaking out Freak for on. a little for a little bit <laughs> because it was a yeah. close to New Year time. Yeah. Uh, so I gave uh, uh, birth to my baby in December. And because he's a musician, he has most of his um, work is on this celebration, like New Year, you know, he has all this concert. And he said, I can't go with you. Yeah. And I said, I don't care. I just, I just go alone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow.
1: How beautiful it is that. A, your husband at the time still has stayed true to his musical career. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So you were painting at the same time that he was doing music Mm -hmm. and that there was this driving force within both of you to escape away from that machinery and go to Thailand at the time. And you even brought friends with you Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. which is super interesting. So there's, there's a good amount of people that are trying to figure out what is, what exists outside of that economic machinery. And then it's also super interesting that the classical example of a parent who loves us, who wants the best for us, that aims to expose us to all these different fields and opportunities and things like that, but in a sense struggles with that last little bit of realizing that my child came through me into Mm. the world and my child is their own. Is their sovereign being to pursue what they believe is their artistic purpose, their gifts on the planet. And so it's so unique that I just, I love how much of a moment it sounds like it was for your mom, who, as soon as you came into this, whatever that space is, where we have these these feelings of interconnection to what can be said is all that is some sort of field that we are connected to where the message comes in it's clear you know and that's profound it's as though there's a higher purpose for you because you are no longer going to birth your child in the same process that you grew up in in moscow and russia but instead it's going to be wildly different in a completely different spiritual terrain in india and so that single moment was not only profound for you it was profound for your mom profound for your husband mm-hmm. but also profound for your daughter mm-hmm. really tra- trajectory altering intuitive lightning bolt that hit Mm -hmm. and i think that's a very fascinating unpacking of that portion of of your journey so you you ended up going just following the flow
0: i wanted to add to uh, what you just said that from my experience when you have this deeper connection with yourself and you know it can be something this voice <laughs> from within you you know it can be something really crazy but i believe that every single being in the universe knows that this is truth and can separate it and when you follow following this truth impulse as you said people around you are affected by this light and truth as well they can feel it sometimes they can They can't even rationalize it, you know, but they feel it and you can see the reaction from them as well.
1: Well, well, (laughs) (sighs) We'll explore the, the feeling of all 8 billion people knowing that what you're describing and then having that be a compass of sorts in their trajectory and that when they follow along that then there is a butterfly effect of of people that are altered by those trajectory paths that are taken because that's very clear on mine it's very clear on many of the other guests that we've had on the program is those moments where the family, the friends, the community, the social fabric itself basically takes a, a big Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's when you break through and it's like jumping through a portal. you know (laughs) yeah that's what it is that's Mm. what it is it's jumping through a portal it's a really important analogy because every time that we jump through one of those portals what happens is our consciousness evolves to higher levels and there's no going back. And we bring other people with us. And if we don't go through the portal, the knock usually comes again at some point later. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where along the path of the calling to give birth to your child in India did it begin the process of where do i go in india how do i figure out where to go where to give birth how do i s- surrender myself to that flow hmm. yeah uh,
0: you know we was we was talking about that earlier that uh from my early childhood i think that the one thing i've noticed about myself i had less fear than my surroundings for the new experiences. And one of the most yes. and still the most scary thing for me is a ordinary, boring life. Sorry. <laughs> 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 so so for me it was just, so you know, good. I know yes. that I will learn something. I know that it will be amazing. I was already interested in Hinduism you know i just i knew that it will be it will be interesting for sure
1: it will be interesting you can guarantee (laughs) that it will be really interesting really novel uh, shatter through fear into new experiences that bring lots of wisdom and insight
0: mm -hmm. so i didn't have any plan i didn't have a plan i have a trust i have trust to my intuitive insight and I just knew something about Goa, I knew that this is friendly, hippie place, you know, <laughs> and I thought that people can give birth to kids their whatever they want under the tree, you know, <laughs> I was just like, perfect, sounds like me, and I went, on, I went on a plane, and I'm sitting, like, I'm on my seat, right, and I see there is a pregnant girl going, like, towards me, and she looked at me and she's like oh i know you you're the you're andreas wife so because my husband at the time he was pretty famous musician And she's like, oh, I'm like, we're friends. Where are you going? Do you know, like, where are you going? And I said, no, I never been in India. I guess I'll figure it out there. Yeah. (laughs) And she said, oh, I'm flying there with my mom and my brother. And we have a place to stay. My friend will let us stay. And if you want, you can stay with us. And I said, whew, perfect. (laughs) Trust the process.
1: (laughs) Trust the process. And there's someone on the plane that Mm -hmm. knows Andreas and that says, we have a place for you.
0: Yes. Yes. Boom. And I got there. Uh, I stayed with them at their friend's place. During this time, I was trying to find a place where I can give birth to a child. And as I told you, I was sure that people there are so open-minded. You know, it's known keep your place, and I was sure you just can literally give birth to your child at home, and that's how I wanted to do, I didn't want to go to any hospital, you know, being around random people, I could feel that, that at this moment, you have to be specially connected with yourself, and with the flow, and nobody, not, no random people has to affect you at this moment, you know, it's like, profound
1: exactly for your how old were you at the time
0: 21
1: you're 21 and you were recognizing that you needed to be in a space that was conducive for the very very profound divine spiritual process of childbirth Mm -hmm. that's very wise for 21 to know that Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah and i find it a place to stay I paid for three months, I think, you know, in a, in a, in advance for the rent. And right after I pay, and it was, you know, in India they uh, sometimes the owners they will stay on the first floor and they will give for rent the second floor. That's yep. how it was with me. And the day after I gave the money, the owner of the house came came up to me and um, asked where I'm going to give birth to a child. Yeah. and i said right here
1: yeah in your second floor of your house <laughs> exactly. yeah you're welcome by the way it'll it'll make the energy of your house much better trust me <laughs> and she
0: didn't she didn't agree with yeah, me yeah. about about this thing yeah. so yeah she said no way, wow, wow, yeah. and she explained it, and it was so funny, you know, to see this type of limitations, because she said, oh, we're Brahmin family, which is like a highest caste, Best, Yeah, we're Brahmin family, and to give birth to a child, it's, uh, she explained to me that the process is something dirty, and they can have it at home, and, you know, that Whoa. was, mm-hmm, that was one of the thing, when I was, when I was thinking that the Hinduism is so,
1: enlightened deep
0: and so enlightened and uh, and how people can limit limited you know and yeah. being a brahmins and yes. make rituals every day yes yes and s- still s- yes. use this type of perception yes yes anyways um i was okay with that i said okay i will try to look for another place and just accept it and try to go around and i'm finding another place absolutely new house the first question i ask to owner is can i give bills to a child
1: <laughs> that's the first question now yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: he said okay yeah you you can you can do that so i'm finding a place and packing my stuff so i remember i pack my last box you know and i feel that oh. it started <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah at this like old place you know we, w- where i can't give birth to a child at the old place and i call to to the girl i know i knew her from thailand we've met in thailand and i knew that she was in goa uh Uh, and i called her and i said hey i think i'm i'm giving birth right now can you can you come and she (laughs) she came to my place at night wow um yes and she brought another woman who is not traditional i don't know how how would you call the woman who give who helped to give birth
1: yeah the delivery nurse or yeah yeah, yeah. not
0: not the traditional one she was more suggesting the ways the posture you can do how you can breathe
1: she was alter alternative yeah practitioner exactly she was giving you posture and breath she yeah i did i didn't use it though i did oh, i okay. didn't use it though okay.
0: so i think that's um interesting also very important experience about this you know choose between love and fear oh. and just you know being able to go through fear yes that's yes. what you said you know is important in the example of me flying to thailand yes and i remember when it starts when the process starts and that's the moment where you really feel you can't control it this is a process which happening through you yeah and there is two choices either you either let it happen through you and stay totally open yeah or either you try to fit it in your boxes
2: yeah
0: and that's where the wrong how to say that's where suffering starts Starts. let's say (laughs) you know and i remember it um on just my sensations in my body where i said to myself i'm letting this flow go through me and i don't remember myself i was this process and
1: yes (laughs) that's right that's right
0: and she was, this woman, she was suggesting me. She was like, oh, do you want me to make a massage for you? Or do you want to try this? And I was like, no, I know what to do. I just know what to do. And I did super weird postures, super weird sounds, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. And I just knew what to do. And yes. I'm so happy that I wasn't brainwashed at the moment. Because before, as I said, I was in Thailand. And most of the times... Uh, I, when I came back in Russia, I was there for maybe a couple weeks. And before there, I just stayed alone in Thailand, in jungles, playing didgeridoo, singing. Yeah. You know, nobody's around who will tell me, uh, you know, you have to read this book and to learn how to breathe right. Man, yeah. there are so many women did it before me. I know that if I'm connected with myself, you know. Yeah. And that's that was one of the most amazing experience. That was... Very painful, but at the same time, that was divine, you know? Yeah. Yes.
1: (laughs) I think it's so interesting how you took the, the reins of sort of being in a state of such flow where you just trust the process and that you will move strangely or make strange noise and you will go through something that is extremely painful and divine and you birth your daughter into the world
0: yes yes
1: this is this is a very important (laughs) experience in people's lives very 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 important so so what now you know do you feel relief you feel divine connection to your child walk us through that hmm.
0: yeah i'm trying to figure out how to explain the sacred moment which just happened between us in the kitchen you know yeah. because um there was in this house i stayed everything was amazing but there was one thing there was a dog which the owners didn't feed by the purpose because they kept some type of medicine in their house and they were scared that somebody will rob them, right? And they wouldn't feed a dog. So she was very, very nervous all the time. You know how uh, if you don't feed animal, it becomes very nervous and would react on every sound, every little movement. So the only thing which was distracting me uh, is was this dog. She was barking all the time. And usually India is full of... Beautiful sounds of a bird, birds, you know, cows would come, and you know, monkeys, and there was none, none of it around our house because of this dog, yep. and I was really, um, I was nervous that when I will give birth, baby, she will wake, uh, wake her up, and at the night when I gave birth to Maya, this dog, I still don't know how but she ran away she was on a huge metallic chain and she never came back
1: <laughs> you know? somehow broke a metallic chain i escaped. i
0: have no idea how it's happened but the yeah. thing is at the moment when i gave birth to yeah. maya yes, yes. the first thing i've heard there was a two cows which came to our house and i was like wow it's so Um, unfamiliar sounds out here and the birds were flying and the monkeys was jumping all around yeah and then we figured that the dog has run away that's why (laughs) that's why it happened yeah
1: and i wonder what the energetic trigger is for your process of childbirth and the dog breaking away from his chain and and vacating the premises so that there is space for the birth and the the cows and the birds and the more natural sort of process of a less stressed creature in that sense mm. and maybe the dog actually to survive needed to break away in order right. for it to get food yeah yeah so again one of those extremely sacred divine moments where that ha- happened and it was just the perfect birthing scenario then it became and so so was that then relief and divinity holding maya what was that like
0: Hmm. i think the most interesting experience for me at the moment was to feel that there is different soul different character different person because when she was inside of me, mm. I felt like I'm the one. And when I seen her first time and I told you this story about names, I had the names in my mind. Oh my mind. God, it I became want to, two. I it... want to give her and like, yeah, wow. it became two. Yeah. And that was absolutely incredible and switched my perception in the whole world. Because I started the first the time started to flow differently. I started to feel life in a different way, you know, just how the plants are growing, how one produce another, you know, all the cycles of life, I didn't really pay attention to that before, yes, and when she was born, it just happened with me, you know, I was just, for a year, I think, I kind of was living in a psychedelic trip where I literally <laughs> could feel this living space around me, how everything is alive, you that's know? That's right,
1: that's right. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That's quite a profound way to describe the process of being a a pregnant mother and having the child inside that is of one with you. And then as the child is birthed into the world, it becomes so evident that it is now two. It is now <laughs> it's own unique (laughs) soul and yeah yeah wow and it's no surprise at all that that tapped you into a straight you can say trance you were in a year long like you described psychedelic experience and that's a higher level of consciousness is one that truly is that tapped into its environment at such a level where it is really connecting to even the growth of the the plants the growth of the The life of the animals, just that style of experience tapped in at that higher degree being you know, triggered by that divine childbirth is it's super important. It's really awakening, it's really describes the interconnection. I'm I'm quite obsessed on the program with sharing with people that they take twenty thousand inhales every single day and that every one of those inhales comes from the photosynthesis of phytoplankton and trees and to truly realize that style of cyclical interconnectedness on the planet is profoundly life-changing but we brush over it like it's nothing.
0: How interesting is this that actually just few questions can take you to the nature of mind, to compassion and love, and how everything is connected, you know? Just from thinking how this food got to your plate what was before (laughs) right just just few steps
1: yes what you just described is a process that if consciousness is truly truly dedicated to truth truly dedicated to awakening truly dedicated to enlightenment it will undergo this dedicated process that you speak of where it inquires into the truth of its own existence at that level and it really sometimes it requires just some simple inquiries about these breaths of air these bites of food just the simple inquiries and They lead to states that are so profoundly shifting that everything that you do after that is gold. Mm. Everything. So that means that you act from a state of such high morals, ethics, And acting from that state, butterfly affects more and more consciousness to undergo the process of investigating its own nature and reality. You act as a channel for the butterfly effect of more and more consciousness. to inquire about its own self and its own nature so I love this I love how much we're unpacking this in its surgical nuance it's beautiful it's like a flower <laughs> I've I love that analogy it's like every guest on the show is their own unique mm. flower essence and you're taking us down an incredible journey so let's let's go into that that year with that first year with maya and connecting to this what you describe as a psychedelic first year of post childbirth
0: Hmm. you know that was interesting that's the thing uh i want to talk about uh talking about this year i think i was also in a type of sphere, like energetic sphere of my child, of her, you know, still super extremely open cosmic consciousness, you know, and I was, I literally could feel it as, you know, as like a field around me, around her, and I was not really, uh, got into connection with other people, I felt like I was more protecting her, and but I was able to observe what's happening around me. And I feel that it's such a blessing that I came to India to give her birth. Because, you know, there are so many different esoterical and spiritual people around who was, I don't know, trying to raise their Kundalini, you know, and just like do different practices. And the first year, actually, I was with my child, totally connected with her in this, how would i say, cocon?
1: Cocon? Yeah, like G- a cocoon? Yeah,
0: cocoon. A cocoon, exactly. Yeah. And wow. I was observing how many people are going crazy, you know, yeah. and I've just seen so many people who I think claiming to be spiritual from a wrong motivation yeah. and especially in goa in india it's pretty easy life you know many most of the people they let's say rent their place in russia which their own and they just like live very easily and i just seen that Many people were really unbalanced. Like, you know, as I was talking about you, that at some point I would have very different and opposite environment where there will be materialistic businessmen who believe only in material world. And all these hippies, you know. And as I said, I'm (laughs) I'm really happy that I got there to give birth to my child. So I wasn't able to put myself to go through all this experience. But I was just noticing that they missing something you know they doing all these practices but they can't deal with normal life you know yes
1: (laughs) the the anchoring Mm -hmm. of the conscious ascent that is attained in the modern social fabric Mm -hmm. that is a critical perennial spiritual wisdom is to anchor these a sense and consciousness in the mm-hmm. center of the social fabric of mm-hmm. the metro.
0: And I feel like, you know, the any spiritual practices are first about discipline, you know. And as you said, you know, I just made a commitment with myself to do the podcast every day. And I'm doing it seven hundred <laughs> days. I have yeah. seven seven hundred podcasts. And yeah. you know, if you Truly developed your spiritual practice, you will be able to figure things out here, (laughs) (laughs) you know.
1: Yeah, I want to say that you gave this part of what you were saying that was again so insightful. You talk about this, there's two things here. One of them is that you have this sort of cocoon that you described for you and Maya Mm -hmm. and in that cocoon you have these experiences that to me what my interpretation of it is is something like a mother being extremely aware of their child's inputs Mm -hmm. of what their child is taking in and so what there's a huge transition from their child taking in what we were talking about is available in the economic machinery of a place like moscow or maybe new york Mm -hmm. or whatever completely different in terms especially of the amount of people in the economic machine versus as -hmm. you use the word hippie or Mm -hmm. people pursuing maybe a spiritual path or Mm -hmm. something in like Manhattan you're like really skewed scales super skewed Mm -hmm. and in India it may be a little bit more balanced there may be a lot more people pursuing some sort of spiritual path and a lot less people that are doing a economic machinery materialism solely focused practice
0: right but what what i'm trying to say is um especially in this state where you have just a newborn child you can feel the truth with your body and you can feel the intentions of people and there is an intention of spiritual development yes. which goes through fear. Yes. And there is cover of like, oh, I'm spiritually developing, but actually you're just lazy. You know what I mean?
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: And going into also, you know, it's like a lot of t- yes, t- mm-hmm. yes.
1: Okay. Let me, let me yeah. hit, let me hit this back because this is a very important point if I understood correctly. Mm-hmm. So one of the important realizations of what is modern people is to do things like realize that materialism is not only it, there is a spiritual path that is interesting where I investigate my consciousness and the nature of reality. And so there's that. And then for the spiritual people on the very spiritual path is to, Rather than what may be sometimes what is called a spiritual bypassing where there is some sort of a process of I am on the spiritual path and there's actually no work that's being done. It's more of us saying something about it or there's even if they do undergo the process of being on the spiritual path, there is no intention to anchor any of the things that are learned in the world in the way of actually helping people and helping the world. And so there's both sides that have their, in a sense, you could say perverse incentives or their dirty Mm bathwater. And then there's this beautiful baby in both of them, as we say in chapter seven of the sorting algorithm and high level perception where you take the baby out of the bathwater of the physicalists And you take the baby out of the bathwater of the spiritualists. And you bring them together into one. And then you have a truly divine reality. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of dirty bathwater in both of them as well. So Mm -hmm. there's examples quick where you have the... I've used this example before. It's a very sensitive example. Is that we have a planetary truly an emergency but very much so brushed off like it is not where the economic machinery is creating such intense pressures on countries like brazil and the congo to go ahead and destroy their rainforests and their biodiversity and those trees that sequester 30% of the carbon that is in the atmosphere and contribute to 30% of the O2 that we inhale. And those perverse incentives of the economic machinery are making it so that people think in short-term gratification of taking themselves further out of the poverty because they want more of the physical benefits of meeting those basic needs and things like that but that we should have the foresight we should think like the seventh generation indigenous principle that very clearly knows that it is a bad idea to mortgage our future ...for the short-term gains of this moment of chopping down those rainforests. So, and the, the true sort of one that knows is one that knows the synthesis of science and spirituality... ...because they can actually speak about the forests from a perspective that is grounded both in spiritual insight of being in awe at the divine of the rainforest and the biodiversity and the love that is there but it's also grounded in the science where they can actually explain on a scientific level about the photosynthesis and the oxygen we inhale and they can explain on an on a biodiversity level regarding what the beautiful things are that we can actually leverage from the creatures that are in those environments and gain them as biological insights in the way we try and augment ourselves and also they understand from an economic perspective how to shift markets away from short-term consumption and towards the seven generation indigenous principle this is the kind of stuff that i preach on the program Hmm. so
0: (laughs) i love that uh you know that's interesting because I gave this explanation of the tree for kids, for younger kids to teach them meditation. Yeah. So they imagine themselves as a, as a tree, like right, with the root going yes. down and with the top trying to touch the sky, yeah. you know, and feeling the core within them. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh you know, I have to tell about India. I yes. kind of started very you know from the from Absolutely. the tough from my tough experience, <laughs> yes, um for sure, India is the heart opening place, you know, but there is uh also like we started to talk about psychedelics a little bit, and from what I said about people who was like going crazy a little bit and where where I found this disbalance i have this really beautiful um quote from one russian musician he said that only person who have a higher education can take up psychedelics that means that if you have an inner structure if you can structure this experience you know you can go there (laughs) but if you don't have a right motivation if you don't have structure you can just lose yourself, yeah, let's say. Sure, sure. And I think that's, right. yeah. that's where I started to learn also about Buddhism because I loved the structure of Buddhism, Yep. you know, yep. and I think um, I would say that how you said about transformation and seeing how... How we develop like on a two opposite sides yeah right yep that the same thing about transformation like which i which i found in goa i've seen at first not really pleasant things which took me to buddhist teachings and not to really go into experience but being able to explain and to learn how it works you know
1: it was really nice when you were beginning to describe the ways that you teach meditation mindfulness to children
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i look forward to being able to unpack Mm -hmm. that we have so many things
0: yeah i'm trying i'm trying to think where where i should go remembering our plan
1: you know yeah well maybe the continued space where you unpack for us both your interest in the Buddhism that was occurring around you, but also the continued process of raising your daughter kind of happening simultaneously, figuring out what was happening there.
0: Mm. Okay, you made this connection between my daughter and uh, learning Buddhism, and I just remembered this uh, very interesting insight, and it goes to understanding the nature of mind, which I want to bring up. I think about the first uh, Vipassana experience. That was the first time when I was able to... uh, My daughter, she was three years old, and I was able to leave her with my mom in Russia. So we spent... we spent a season in Goa and then I uh, came back in Russia and I was already introduced in Tibetan Buddhism. But I really, and there is a different traditions in Buddhism and like according to a Buddhist philosophy, you should rather pick one path and follow it than try many. But I'm different type of person. May, so, l- yeah. w- just for a moment
1: yeah. to be that point, because it's a very important point. There's a balance that is struck between what is called, and this is what Dustin DePerna taught me, a very incredible spiritual teacher, that be careful chasing two rabbits because you won't catch either. Oh, wow. Yes. And then there's another one that goes, when you dig all the way make sure you hit water and so be careful with digging stopping digging stopping digging stopping digging stopping dig all the way until you hit water and so it's a balance i would say because the sampling Mm -hmm. is what also enables profound Connections and that those connections are what lead people to the perennial spiritual philosophies and wisdoms, and so it makes it a lot more easy to coexist harmoniously as a planet once we've made these perennial spiritual connections and if we're digging just to one water and we think i have the gold my gold is best i know truth and we haven't sampled this is where problem can occur mm. so it's balance that's my th- small two cents on that yes Mm -hmm. yes
0: i like that um i asked my tibetan teacher if i can go to vipassana because vipassana is a different tradition from tibetan buddhism it was gayanka's vipassana Mm -hmm. and Mm
1: Sangoenka start again
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love him i love him
1: i love him him so much great story yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
0: continue and my teacher said yes it will help you with your practice and i left my daughter uh with my mom so your
1: tibetan teacher said that yes yes it will help you with your practice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a very important insight that you just shared with us because sometimes the teachers of different spiritual traditions will in a sense uh they will Shit on other
2: mm-hmm.
1: spiritual traditions, and so it's actually really nice that 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 was your experience because I've had that, and I've also had other experiences where spiritual teachers have shat on other traditions, and so, which is very interesting because then you wonder like, so much of your teaching is so beautiful, but why do you take a shit on someone else's spiritual tradition? So anyway. I
0: think it's one of the criteria, at least it was for me, because I always wanted to learn something above um, ordinary human experience, which is uh, separate and find dualities and everything, and my teacher, precious Garchan Rinpoche, I'll talk talk about it also, Uh, he is just a pure compassion, pure love, and the always what he's saying, he said when you take refuge, which is a traditional uh, ritual in Buddhism. He said it doesn't mean that you can't go to charge, that you can't, uh, that you can try different traditions. That means that there is a core principle: is love and compassion. Yes. Until you see it everywhere, till you find one in a different, yes. you are on the right path. You know.
1: Yes. So you gave Maya to your mother, mm-hmm. so that enabled you to go to the Vipassana. To the
0: Vipassana, okay. which is 10 days
1: yes. practice. No talking, mm-hmm. silent, no speaking, no eye contact with no other people. No eye contact. Yeah. No, no technology. Uh, no distractions. N- no distractions at all. Multiple hours per day of practice from the sitting Four in the meditation hall
0: nine i think
1: yeah. yeah from sitting in the meditation hall all the way to being alone in uh individual cell dark cell alone mm-hmm. and please
0: <laughs> yes um i get there and they took when you go to vipassana in india i don't know if uh, they do it around the world but in india they're pretty strict so they take away your phone to make sure that yes. you're not they take away your phone your ids yep. basically all everything, everything what you have you just yeah. yeah you just go there strict here and as well. i remember i'm in the line to give away my stuff and i see the text like the the last thing i've seen before to oh, go wow. to vipassana yeah. was a text from my mom and she was asking me to send her my signature be- for the surgery or for my daughter because uh, she had some problem with her teeth so they had to make her fall asleep to make the surgery so i had to send the to my signature to yeah. let them do that so <laughs> can you imagine you go to retreat you know yeah, you go yeah. to meditate and this is a
2: well, very last little very <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. last thing you see and i'm sending this signature and i think there is a fourth day of vipassana yeah. and the biggest struggle of the practice is uh pain in your body because you're sitting all the time and even i was already practicing yoga and my body is pretty healthy uh i had very bad back pain and just you know my left side would go numb all the time. And from the third day on the pasana practice, it starts um, the committed, I think, one and a half hour practice, where you make a commitment for 90 minutes, not move at all because like the movement is something what helps you you know not suffer a lot when you move and a little bit strange during the practice and here you make this commitment and do this practice few times in a day and i remember i said to myself okay i'm going to do that i'm going to do that and i was sitting this hour and the pain was so bad i could feel that i would start I thought that I will fall, you know, just will lose my mind and will totally turn off and fall. And I think at the moment of highest point of pain, my mind, and I just started to think about Maya, like how is my daughter? What's going on with her right now? What's going on with surgery? And at this moment, I figured when my mind was there, I didn't feel pain And it's just like in a second was transformed to a bliss and i was able to sit with no movement by the end of the retreat that was one of the experience of the mind you know how our mind creates the reality how our mind cling to the pain or to the pleasure and you know all of a sudden like it goes somewhere else and this Not exist anymore.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah. that's a very important insight. We, from a neuroscientific perspective, we talk about this as excessive rumination in the default mode network. So it's a excessive, compulsive, rewind and replay over and over again of the same loops activating the same neural circuitry and what you're doing is you're causing yourself a tremendous amount of suffering and so in this case with vipassana what happens is you have a it's a it's a big deal you have to sit in meditation for 60 straight minutes that's mine was 60 Mm. and this is no movement. You can't move. And so, if you're trying to adjust your legs or if you feel pain in your back, or the pain is the number one excuse that the consciousness goes towards. Mm. It's the number one excuse. The monkey mind is usually, you know, most people figure out how to quiet the monkey mind at least enough to where the pain becomes the number one thing. So, people figure out that within. three seconds of observing my respiration my mind has wandered off to my job my work my family my friends the musical songs that i like my childhood my interest in my romantic partner my Any story runs to that story and it stays in that story. And it's insane that it stays in that story for 30 or 60 seconds before you realize that wasn't I just observing my respiration? (laughs) And so that's the first moment for people usually of waking up because they realize how insanely programmed they are. In their inability to even focus on their respiration for more than three seconds, before that monkey mind runs away and is excessively ruminating in some stories. And so that's usually the like, okay, so now I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on my respiration for five seconds, and then it turns to ten seconds, and twenty seconds, and thirty seconds, and then a minute, and then finally you hit a minute of being able to. Hold on to your own focused spotlight of conscious awareness and attention on your respiration. And then imagine trying to bring that up to 60 minutes. So then usually the top thing that comes is that, oh, my back, my knees, my etc. And so (laughs) it's a very important realization that you had that when the... Awareness goes to focus in on some sort of lower back pain or knee pain that even something like the trigger of thinking about Maya as she enters into her surgery for her tooth is something that can distract away from the pain and then realize that there was just a an aversion to the actual pain that yeah. was occurring like
0: you're suffering about suffering, suffering you're not actually suffering. experience pain yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: there you go there you go that's a really profound realization <laughs> <laughs> excellent okay so that's you said that was only like the first kind of big one did mm-hmm. you yeah on the okay and this was was this day four you said
0: I think it was day four, day four when this uh, commitment meditation starts on I the third, on I the fourth day, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because um, before the Vipassana, I got to meet Dalai Lama, and that was my uh, first big teachings. And he gave a teachings to monks in Sala in his residency. And there is a different type of teachings he will give to, um, you know, to Western students. And two monks, and I was able to go to these teachings, and uh, he explained this traditional Tibetan meditation of Avalokiteshvara, where you. I was, I was thinking he's like, is it a joke, because you have to imagine at the same time so many things. He wouldn't continue to add things. He would say, okay, you're on the top of your head there is buddha vairachana uh move from the left to the right around it there is a mantra goes in one direction yeah. there is another one in a different direction and around you there is few mantras wow. and normal tibetan monks they in it in their mind and they're able to do that yes that's about you know what's happening after you're able to <laughs> keep your focus for one hour
2: that's right
1: yeah then you get thrown into some advanced Dalai Lama mm-hmm. <laughs> practices Wow and so that that's really interesting. Did you have a picture of that experience too? I think you said did you mm, have that i room? have
0: uh I have a picture of my refuge with my Garchen Rinpoche. Uh this no, on this right. is another input. <laughs> no, not go down. One. No, okay. not this one. Is it, no, no, the black and white. Black and white oh, down picture. Here?
1: Mm-hmm. Or the one right here, on the left or on the they're, right. They're they're both, both the from the same, same yeah. event. Okay, cool. So we'll show this one to you guys.
0: Yeah, this is a refuge that's very interesting and important moment of my life. And i think we can go here to transformation can i start to talk about that
1: yes coming up right mm-hmm. No. all right so so which one more time which rinpoche was garchin rinpoche. this is garshin rinpoche yeah this is okay. on the
0: picture this is garchin rinpoche this is my core precious teacher i started to talk about him uh, a little bit in the way of uh, he's a pure compassion you have another picture of him if you can um yeah um up. Uh, up yeah this one and okay. the next one okay, okay yeah that's it is actually in arizona right before the corona hits because he has a center in arizona
1: oh cool yeah okay And that's, is that by chance with some of the leaders that are studying consciousness at, in Arizona, is he, does he collaborate with them?
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he does. I don't know. I don't know exactly, but he's very open, you know, if somebody would ask him to do that, so it might be.
1: Because we have some friends in Arizona that are at the edge of consciousness and they work with practitioners from the east Mm. and it would be interesting if if he's not already doing that to potentially link them up so that's something Mm -hmm. for us to explore okay so so this is you about a year ago or so uh this is
0: yes about a little more than okay more than more than a year ago and i just wanted to go through you train your mind to focus and then you train your mind to be able to stay focused on love and compassion and my first meeting with rumpache was actually in russia he mm. gave yeah and that was one of these magical moments uh and it connected with my mom too that's very interesting um i had this little Little necklace of little Buddha which fell off and I couldn't find it and I really I really really loved it and I remember I was at my mom's place in Russia and I was going uh, through the Facebook and I've seen the event that Rinpoche is coming and at this moment my mom she came to me and she's like oh I found your Buddha and she gave it to me and this is you know this moment of
1: yeah And you found the event at the same time that Mm -hmm. your mom found the Buddha Mm -hmm. necklace. Yeah. Yeah. Those are so beautiful. It's art. (laughs) I love it.
0: And sure. It's like with the tickets to India, I was thinking I have to go there. And as I said, at this moment, I was staying uh, for a few days at my parents' house. And uh, my childhood was pretty tough i uh, wasn't growing up with my dad i don't know my dad but i had my stepdad who was uh, drinking all my childhood and you know acting on the drunk on the drunk behavior can i say that right yes and it was very painful and i remember already being on a spiritual path and intuitively and rationally understand the importance of developing love and connection to everyone yeah I let myself hate my stepdad because I was thinking that he deserved it and I don't even want to work through that with him wow. I will just I just let myself you know hate him that's yeah. that's it and at this moment I stay at my parents house and still have this complicated relationships with my uh with my dad i was visiting moscow and i had to you know i had to stay with them and i'm going to i was going to syrian poche and you know he gave this open lecture where he said very simple things very very simple things about you know that you should be more loving more compassionate and i was Kind of a little bored on this lecture and i was thinking that oh okay I've, he- I've heard it so many times if he's going to give some special techniques you know the school tibetan lama yeah. and he didn't say anything <laughs> and then all of a sudden uh he's like oh i'm actually i'm going to give a refuge and refuge is a um, um, traditional ritual in tibetan buddhism where you take refuge in a buddha dharma and sangha which the core thing means that you are not seeking any more happiness externally yeah. you only rely on your inner buddha so you take yes. in refuge in a buddha which yes. is your own mind yes. in a dharma the path the meditation path yeah. and you believe that there is a way which will take you to this state of mind and the sankha is a community of like-minded people for the moments when you're sometimes getting lost and starting to think, oh, this person, I don't know, this person, this hurt me or he's not cool. They -hmm. will help you to bring your focus within you. And he gave the refuge. uh, Technically it's, they cut a little piece of your hair
2: interesting yeah a i was yeah.
0: yeah i was wondering after i started to ask people about what is going what's happening with the hair after because he's collecting it all in a little bag and they said that they send it to tibetan monastery and the monks is praying for a few months i think from for wow. a few months or a few weeks i don't remember exactly yep. on this hair and sending and sending intentions you yep. know sending a good intentions wow yeah and so I was there uh, with my friends, who was already uh, practicing Tibetan Buddhism, and I could, I really trust them, and I tried to ask them before, oh, what does that mean, the refuge? And they explained to me briefly, and they just said, this is a great lama, you should go and do it, you won't regret it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, and I did this uh, refuge ritual. Next day, I'm coming back to my parents' place and uh when i was a child that was a similar same situation which was happened over and over my stepdad he would get drunk and he would he would sit somewhere where i am you know and he would sit like that and looking at me and waiting for a moment to start drama you know and then Yep. (laughs)
1: that's
0: right
1: yeah i'm aware of this archetype i'm Yeah. yeah
0: and you know the same situation i remember i remember it so clearly i'm staying in the kitchen cooking rice and he's sitting in the kitchen drunk looking at me really angry trying to find this moment where he can start argument and all of a sudden i'm finding myself (laughs) again at this space where i still i know who i am I see my emotions i see his emotions but through this through me through him through everything there is another consciousness which is a love and compassion and which go through all the bullshit that's right and it's just like everywhere perfect and i'm at this state and i'm a ver- aware of the situation and i don't know for how long it was but there was so many insights there yes. the first thing is i knew that everything what happened between us and that he hurt me all my during all my childhood that's supposed to happen this way yes i just had this feeling yes, you right. know of that's like right. explanation there is a lot of explanation of yeah. karma, but to have this experience, it's, you know, very, That's very right. different. That's right. That's and right. I just felt so much love. And the only thing I wanted to say sorry. And can you imagine it's all happening yeah. like in my head, basically yeah. in my mind and for a few seconds. And I turn my head on him and he's standing up. Coming to me, start to hug me. That's right. Start to cry. That's right. And say, "I'm sorry, I love you." I'm sorry, I love you, and we both cry. (laughs) And my mom passing by is like, "What the
2: The fuck, you (laughs) know?" You
0: know. And the thing is, you ended
1: some very serious trauma and misery and suffering in your lineage, and in his that that whole sphere, you ended that. We end it when we do the work that you did.
0: I knew that it's connected with Rinpoche. I knew that uh, there was a connection with me meeting a Rinpoche. I clearly knew that yes. connection with his consciousness, That's with right. his loving, compassion, yes. consciousness yes. made me able to see this space you know this unlimited space of love and compassion yes and i was like man i want to i want to learn it like i want to know how like how does it work and i found the guys who uh organized uh his visit and i found their center in moscow and i came to the practice and tibetan buddhist practices are very weird weird because they are all about you know uh working with non-dual state of mind and you will take the most disgusting things and meditate on them put your focus and see this compassion and love basically learn how to see through the bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) you know and i i didn't understood anything and that was so difficult they have all these mudras and rituals (sighs) and i was just okay i just you know i trust what happened with me i'll just do that (laughs) i guess then i will figure out and you know to put it simply and what is my values right now is to help people really understand that you are able to learn how to be loving how to be compassionate this is a skill yes. and this is something what can go through the bullshit and heal the biggest traumas yes which you think you already claim like okay it, it's here you know i Like, it was for me. I hate him, and I'm fine with it, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Mm. (laughs) As you were telling it, I knew that there was going to be something profoundly awakening that you were going to be sharing about it. Because you're right that the contact with the highest consciousness that is trained in the planetary mystic traditions will in fact butterfly effect tremendous wisdom onto the other which is then carried with them wherever they go and then they begin seeing at a higher level of perception everything around them to the degree that you were describing your experience with your stepfather being something where vast majority 90 plus percent of people fall into the same trap over and over and over again but that you saw through that to the infinite love and compassion
0: and i should add that he quit drinking right away oh we never had an arguments again you know that's yeah. that's not Holy just you know oh wow. that was this, it wasn't uh, just a love, hug and yeah a there love. was just a hug and everything Quit is great drinking yes
1: and never had another argument with you
0: Mm-hmm.
1: that's that's it <laughs> that's it right there right there that's it so it's a little bit There are many people that choose to continue arguing with me when I tell them that please stop being hubristic. You are overly self-confident. You do not have enough humility because you are 20, 30, 40, 50 years old and you continue insisting that the planetary Spiritual mystic traditions that are thousands of years old have no wisdom to teach you. And you keep doing it over and over again. This is a perfect example of the wisdom that the planetary mystic traditions have. It's a perfect surgical example. One of the enlightened sages pass alongs a tremendous amount of wisdom, which then cascades an insane butterfly effect in a family that ends trauma and that ends suffering and that butterfly effects have more happiness, more peace, more joy, more bliss, more truth. And that in itself is plenty of evidence along with All of the other scenarios that are just like this yummy one that you share for people to become less hubristic, more humble in acknowledging the fact that there is something very, very valid and very important and very perennial about the planetary spiritual mystic traditions.
0: You know, I think there's it's, uh, you know, as Buddha said, you don't have to take it as a belief. I I think just to be able to feel the space and to be in the presence of certain people and to see how your mind changes, how your even the flow of your thoughts changing is important. Yes, you just can you just can try and feel it, you know, and I experienced it so many times. And I was blessed with my teachers where you truly can feel how you change and in Tibetan Buddhism there is um, this understanding of uh, transmission. They say that you can, uh, there is a technique for a practice but there is also the transmission where you can feel the essence of practice from the teacher and that's why these lineages exist where from teacher to student from heart to heart right. you're receiving the truth right. and not losing anything not adding anything but just yeah. clearly yes. continuing the flow that's
1: right very eloquently said and then As that goes down the lineage, we ourselves become stewards of the eradication of suffering and the bliss, joy, peace, compassion and true nature of consciousness and reality that we then go on to lovingly pass along more and more with everything that we do and everything that we touch, every person that we engage with. So it's gorgeous. It's, I love it. (laughs) I love it. We went through some of the stories so far, are there other ones that you think from this portion of your experience that you think are important to, to share you maybe it would be nice to maybe reference how you've been doing with Maya at this time, <laughs> right? Cause you're becoming, I mean, all the way up to, to this, up to this picture here, you're, my Maya's like pretty much 8 or so years mm-hmm. old or something. And so there that's kind of a big chunk of time. So like how was that I guess process also with mm. raising Maya along the way?
0: I'm blessed with my child. I'm truly I'm truly blessed with my child and uh from how I was raised and you know I had all this ideas which sounds sounded really crazy to my mom and you know my my mom and my grandfather my grandmother mother who was raised me They was very structure minded and they expressed their love and care to me by keeping me grounded and whatever I would say oh I want to go travel you know I want to do that my mom would say no <laughs> you have to go to college you have to learn how to, I remember this phrase she used to tell me when I was a kid, you have to learn how to play violin, and at least you will always have some money for food, mm-hmm. like you can play, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she would say, you can play in the underground, <laughs> you know, and you can have some money, whatever happened with you, your hands are here, and you know, just like this thinking from fear, yeah. and trying to keep me on a certain structure which they thought was safe for me which will keep me safe and which was so like a prison for me you know emotionally and energetically and i think that's why i chose to raise my child absolutely opposite way and it's not easy sometimes you know yeah. because um i showed you she's a skateboarder she loves to skate <laughs> yeah you can you can show her instagram probably <laughs> with a <the> video
2: <laughs> yeah we, we will <laughs> trust me
1: i love these <laughs> so much. all right so and let's see here so we're on all right we're on this uh, is this is liana's instagram you can find the link in the bio below. So go and visit it. It's really on point. And she has the link to Maya's Instagram right Mm -hmm. there at the top in the bio. And then we'll click through that. And then here's Maya's where it says, don't hate, go skate in the (laughs) bio. So that should be enough (laughs) for you to, to realize. I love, I love this, this this is such a good picture of, of, yeah, it's such a strong one, such a good one.
0: Yeah, I have another gray hair when I go to skate park with her. <laughs> that was a really interesting story uh, when she first time came to United States and she has this story in her, one of her posts, I think you've read when we were going through her Instagram. Uh, we were passing by uh, homeless people on the skateboards, and Maya never seen a skateboard before, and she asked me, "Hey, mom, what is what is this thing?" And I said, "This is a skateboard." And she asked if I can get her one. So yeah. straight from airport, we went to Venice Beach, and I got her penny board. This is kind of kids' colorful board. You can't go uh, that she painted on some stranger T-shirt yeah. <laughs> her logo. Yeah
1: that's it's a good story it's uh yeah it's right here on the
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah what's yeah, uh, and she and she started to she started to skate and she was falling she was bleeding she was bleeding from all over the places every day and getting back to skate park so even uh local guys you know local skateboarders who are sometimes annoyed by uh, kids in the skate park who is very slow and just take place you know yeah, take space yeah, and not really skate I yeah. think they started to respect her and they would start to show her tricks you know and uh-huh. she got sponsored I think after uh, after the first year of skating I guess uh, by Amber Crombie and Fitch uh, yeah, this. yeah that's here yeah and with Maya you know I just truly believe that kids still have access to the bigger picture and higher consciousness till the moment when society and family will put their labels and limitations so i tried to raise her through just giving her space to notice things to explore things to to make her own mind about things you know yeah I'm not trying to tell her what is good and what is bad but I'm more trying to ask what does she thinks and you know that's very interesting because she has very strong sense of what's right and what's wrong she has very strong sense of a truth yes and she really can recognize it i i remember that was one of my friend he told me this phrase which i still remember he said you know how to recognize truth how separate truth from lie and i ask how and he said just never lie and when you're never lying the lies become some you know uh different energy and you can you can sense it yes. and i think that's what's happening with my she has really really great understanding what is right and what is wrong and she's very passionate about you know saving planet helping animals recently she turned to veganism and I I didn't push her to do that in any way and either opposite I tried to ask her if she's sure you know if she feels that if she feels it's right and she made this decision, you know, when she tried to eat uh, vegan food right now. Yeah, because she's really care about environment. And yeah, I think I want to share um, this, her recent answer on the one of the questions. <laughs> and we really sometimes just, I, I'm not seeing her as, you know, little kid who don't know anything. Like I see absolutely opposite I'm learning from her I'm constantly asking what she feels about things there was this very interesting situation when um, we was I think it was in the Beverly Hills or yeah I think it was in the Beverly Hills she has really great sense of just space around her and um, we we was doing some things and she got really hungry and we didn't have a car at the moment. And I was just uh, trying to find in the Google the closest place to eat, the closest restaurant or cafe. And we walked to this and there was a beautiful place. Like you see there's, I don't know, like roses, furniture, everything is beautiful, great, expensive restaurant. And we sit there and she's like, mom, I don't feel, I I don't wanna eat here. You know, like, how conscious is this for a kid, I think she was seven or eight years old at the moment, who's actually hungry to say, I don't really feel about this space, I don't really like the energy of this place, we should leave. And I said, sure, Maya, okay, if you you can wait, (laughs) (laughs) I'll pick another place and we can go to a different place. And we're leaving the place and the fight starts.
1: There's a fight that there is started a, there, as yeah. There is a wow. guy. There
0: is a guys who who start started fighting, fighting. Yeah, and you know.
1: Wow, as you were leaving, there you go. Wow,
0: and I totally trust her. You know, I really, I really do, and I constantly tell her about how talented she is. You know, and and I try to never judge her. And it's very opposite of from how I was raised, you know, in this traditional schooling system. And yeah, she will come up with some incredible wisdom, which I just share with you. And I think I want to share with everyone. And in one of the conversations, she was asking me about God. And she is like, oh, OK, so how everything is here, how everything is worked, And I catched myself. On <laughs> you know, trying to explain something from a Buddhist philosophical books about how the nature of consciousness, and then I was like, Whoa, it's stop. I should let her not take in my my thing, but being able to think herself. Yes. And I just tried to give her the question in the way of the kind of game, you know, and yes. just like imagination game. And yes, I said yes. You know what if you would be the creator how you would create the world yeah and she was thinking for a second (laughs) and tells that you know i would create light from the love i have to this world i would put it to my heart and make it shine in all the direction and every piece of this light would become a soul independent soul but always stay connected with me even they have this long traveling to somewhere (laughs) you know that's what she said
1: at age eight Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it was recently (laughs) that's what's up (laughs) that's what's up that's what's
2: up (laughs) up.
1: (laughs) stories of enlightened children i love it this is the this is the natural state i would say of children is what you're describing and that the economic machinery and non-enlightened parents usually beat the shit out of these states of play curiosity enlightenment uh, out of children the economic machinery parents stressing and struggling in that big soup monopoly board. So it requires parenting where as Maria Montessori says, you follow the child. And in this case, you really just let the child be themselves and you catalyze the child's interests. Mom, Skateboards look really interesting. No idea what that is. Let's play with it. Let's see what happens. Okay, let's do it. It happens again with the trust of... You're right, at a level of awareness when a child's yeah, 7, 8 years old to be able to say something like, and they're hungry, which they want the one marshmallow. They want the one gratification marshmallow. But to be so tapped into an awareness of an mm-hmm. environment that maybe even you weren't registering so much what they were. Mm-hmm. And to surrender yourself to the wisdom of a seven or eight-year-old is something that a lot of parents don't have the humility to do. And so to agree to leave and to see the child make a decision for two marshmallows because there's probably something that might be happening that's, not, that's being sensed, that then you see the fight break out as you leave and a parent must catalyze states of awakening in their child, it's mandatory. You have no other option but to do this. Because if you don't do this, you are going to create a significant amount of unneeded suffering and trauma in their life and your life because you chose to do things that were pressing them in Directions that you stopped you stopped your familial process of doing that to you and what you're doing and science has validated this through epigenetics is you're stopping your familial traumatic pathologies and you're now passing along to Maya a new fresh set of non pathological DNA methylation and other epigenetics that then enable her to actualize her gifts in unique ways that you weren't a, that you weren't completely able to, and especially your parents and their parents and their parents weren't able to. And who? How is she going to be as a mother? There you go. That that's kind of the insight that we wanna walk down as more enlightened parents. You had the opportunity in this process of inquiry of what God is to be able to say something that came from what you had previously learned, right? Here's my concepts and my schemas, and I'm going to put them into you because I'm right. And to choose to be a higher level in a sense Teacher, like your teachers do to you, like you do to your child, where you provide an inquisitive question for them to follow down a path of their own inquiry, their own unique ways of expressing that beautiful thing that Maya said. I don't know other seven, eight year olds that know how to say things like their. That that loving light radiating in every direction from the heart that then every single soul is its own unique individual but is connected to that point. That's a gorgeous understanding. and And I don't think about this. How many adults say something like that? <laughs> there you go. There you go. That should be enough for people to realize that. If you don't even have a social fabric of adults that say things as wise as that, then how does all of a sudden an eight-year-old produce thoughts like that? Well, maybe we should follow some more of these principles that we're discussing and maybe we can have a more enlightened children and adults that are architecting a future that's more inclusive, that's more bright, that flowers everyone's unique gifts that takes solid care of our planet and solid care of each other along the journey that gets us to the beautiful Star Trek future of abundance that we all want to prosper in. So these are the Star Trek architects, in my opinion, very clearly, extremely clearly. I don't even need a second thought of saying questioning mm-hmm. that. Not at all. This is, this is the generation alpha that I... Believe that's born from 2010 to 2025. I believe that kids like Maya are the very, very clear leaders, the ones that are most in capacity given their lineage, given the wisdoms of their parents, given things like this that enable them to be those. architects of that star trek future that enable them to channel the most divine the highest through them so we'll see i mean it this is something interesting that i mentioned to you before we started could be a lot of fun to have my on the show Hmm. could be a lot of fun maybe it's something that we can vibe on and see what happens i love stuff like that (laughs) it's super fun
0: it will be fun for sure
1: (laughs) yeah what podcasts sit down with At the time, maybe she'll be nine, possibly by that time. But uh, what podcasts get to sit down with nine-year-olds that have more awakened states of being and share that with the world? And, like, what would that do to a 40-year-old, even a 30-year-old adult that is sitting there in some constrained being (laughs) watching a nine-year-old so blissfully expressing themselves? That's the kind of stuff that could make maybe... Be like, why am I so constrained and why am I so not like that? Where did my ability to be like that go? And then that's when maybe, maybe children, maybe these sort of light architects that we're talking about, maybe they're the ones that can penetrate the hearts of the adult level consciousness. Hmm. So,
0: again, yeah, it's you know, it takes. Takes just one question when you try to make your kid do something or be certain way. Just ask yourself at this moment, like, why am I thinking it's right? Where does it come from? You know, as we was talking, that few questions will bring you to compassion. Sometimes, this simple question will bring you to the habit and just to the habit which you used to experience in your childhood and which just repeating unconsciously and you don't ask yourself <laughs> you just following because it's right like why why is it right <laughs> you know and i find here the meditation as the the greatest tool for that so you're starting to be able to to noticing these patterns and for me it was uh, my mom she's very she's extremely mm, she thinks about herself her picture of herself is a very reliable person and the worst thing for her if she's not uh, if someone's expectations is not approved you know from her side so she was all my childhood she she always tried to be on time everywhere. And she would start to make me be in a hurry, like, we need to go somewhere in an hour, let's say. An hour before or two hours before, she would, like, we're getting late, we're getting late, we're getting late. And it made me feel so much panic and I just freezed. My reaction was freezed. I, I first started to panic in and try to, you know, get my things together <laughs> to be able to. Uh, to leave Uh, and I just was I had so much anxiety anxiety I just couldn't do anything and I just freezed and I found myself at the certain point do the same thing to Maya not that yeah not in this extreme way but something like hey Maya come on come on yeah and then it was like wait I you know I kind of keep sensing this similar you know It's even it it comes in a different words sometimes, but energy is similar. Yes. And I just started to stop myself and I feel that I'm teaching now kids meditation and that's my biggest passion right now about teaching mindfulness kids and to show them this gap between stress and reaction and then that you usually can choose and that's such a simple tools you know it's it's over here <laughs> just just start asking yourself start meditating and just noticing what's happening within you around you yeah that's so simple and that's so life changing <laughs>
1: the pause between The stimulus and the...
0: Stimulus, right.
1: And the reaction is where so much of our power is reclaimed. And... The same way that we were mentioning that after three seconds of focus that the monkey mind races off and ruminates for a minute in some thought is actually very applicable to this pause, to this time between the stimulus and the response. All of our power is reclaimed there. And the more that you train your ability to do something like be able to focus on your respiration for an extended period of time, or focus on that meditative or mindfulness practice for an extended period of time, the more that you train yourself and re baseline yourself to be able to have a longer pause between the stimulus and the response. And when that happens. Then you are sovereign, yeah.
0: and that's where you type into your intuition.
1: Let's do it. yeah let's un- let's, let's unpack this. Let's, mm-hmm. let's jump into the intuition. So what do you mean by that?
0: Mm-hmm. Intuition is seeing the right timing for right move, I think, which is very difficult now and nowadays where there is so many, you know, social media and just labels about what are you supposed to do, how you're supposed to do that, and you just reacting on the stimulus without actually consciously choosing on which stimulus I truly should react. And for me, the intuition where you go through this white noise and you truly feel, because... You know we're here still for a reason in this physical bodies and you have to accomplish something you have to do some right moves but otherwise by reacting on each stimulus you just create new karma <laughs> you know and it's just like a big snowball it's getting bigger 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 and bigger and you're stressed out you don't have time you <laughs> That's why I told you for me is intuition goes with meditation. It, it goes together. And during my lifetime, I would experience uh, sometimes this moments of intuition and intuit- intuitive insight, which I explained after. Or opposite, I would have insight during the practices, during going on the retreats, you know. And like clean, clearing out, clearing out all this noise, you know, and bullshit and deeper and deeper and deeper. And you see, that's what I, uh, that's how we, um, that's how our communication tonight starts with Brandon, right? And uh, the master of sound, that's how I will remember him. <laughs> the master of yeah. sound. And uh, remember, we were talking about that everyone can share this truth of nature, of consciousness, through their gifts, through creativity and for me I had this deeper experience where I can bring this deeper state of mind through my voice, through through singing, through talking, yeah. you know. And I feel like when you become connected with yourself during this white noise, you find your intuition and your authentic way to express yourself and to bring this truth to this world which transform, transforms you and people around you and you'll never you'll never be confused about that you know you'll never confused about that like you literally start to feel how this uh habits and patterns which are you know sometimes feel so solid as it was with my st- with my stepfather you know i hate him that's it that's very solid concept but here is like it's melting through this you know through this power of love and you can express it maybe you can draw maybe you can sing maybe you can move maybe you can guide a podcast and ask people in the way you ask and bring it you know like right here
1: The right action at the right time yeah.
0: i like this um example which actually my poche gives and he said about this loving presence and you know it's also i believe that this is a skill as much as you go to this space and as you bring your talent as you feel this truth at this nature of consciousness as more you become it's more familiar it's become the translation of the word meditation is make something familiar you make this familiar (laughs) right and like and you and you start to share it with the world and for people like Myron Poche who is who live in the state of mind who live in the nature of mind which is love and compassion who is always there and it doesn't matter what externally happened and uh he had this metaphor of when you are next to the people like that and you're able to to touch their loving conscious it's your mind and what is the difference between your mind and buddha mind your mind is like a piece of cube of ice and the buddha mind is a water and when you're connect with loving compassionate people it's the same like as they breathing warm air to this ice you know and you kind of have this sense of like how it can be and it can clean out some karma you That's know
1: That's right i like that analogy a lot strong one A lot of us feel that analogy with as we become better at that pause between the stimulus and the response when we gain that power we gain that sovereignty we gain that intuitive capacity that you speak of that right action at that right time everything slows down everything slows down we become Ninjas, we become Mm. Jedis, while we can very clearly see the essence of what it's like to not have that pause in others. And our ability to breathe the loving, compassionate, warm air onto the ice of those in the circumstances is that butterfly effect of that God consciousness. It's just... Only, There's only so much that that we can do to share these types of brilliant stories and experiences and profound perennial spiritual mystic traditions. People must actually take initiative themselves to explore the truth of this. And I, I wish for more people to be able to explore this because I know that that will solve the vast majority of our ethical and moral dilev- dilemmas on the planet. It will ensure that the sustainable development goals get architected very well and it will make sure that The young ones like Maya and the ones beyond her have a super epic, massive, abundant Star Trek playground for them to be able to express their creative gifts in. So I want to pass that on to the seventh generation. I don't want to pass along the pathologies that we have today
0: and honestly you don't even have to help them just like just let them be who they are you know
1: just be that warm air that is breathed everywhere you go and you will just naturally melt ice cubes with your love compassion bliss joy peace i like how rupert spira says imperturbable peace and causeless joy Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I want to ask a question about intuition. A lot of this resonates with what Lao Tzu was teaching as well about Wu Wei, the idea of effortless action. And so the more that you tap into that Tao, that God, that intuition, that right action at the right time, it becomes an effortless process. My feeling around that is that that is an absolute beautiful truth. And at the same time, I have sort of a an interesting way of perceiving how other people have behaved in a way that they claim that they're following an intuition. But the intuition makes absolutely no logical sense. Zero. And I'm not, I'm not saying that... I, I don't even want to separate logic and intuition. I don't even want to separate the concepts. Mm-hmm. I want to keep everything as one whole. But it's very clear to me that there are circumstances where people will behave in a very kairos fashion where there will be some sort of an intuitive lightning bolt of sorts that says that maybe I should go and I'll give you an example of maybe I should drive my car 10 hours to some location where I think there is a person that is having some sort of a event that I should attend, but this person is holding it very exclusively. I don't even know the location of the event. I'm only gonna show up there five hours after the event has actually ended in the middle of the morning. And so I'm still gonna go because intuition's telling me to. How how do you respond to something like that?
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's what we was talking about, the middle path, you know, there is definitely a middle path, and you are not going to this extreme type of, type of things, even from, you know, my stories, it was, I, I guess it's pretty extreme <laughs> to hear these things for, for people. <laughs> I'm not saying that everyone uh, have to do these things, but, you know, just it comes to simply to meditation and stillness at least 15 minutes per day and just to calming your mind not trusting your thoughts and trying to find some space between the tendency of your mind to cling to things let me explain to you um, in the way of I'm learning now handstand
1: Right. Yeah. Hand how to stand. do a handstand. Yeah. You're really. I'm are you try- doing I'm it against the to... wall right now? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's... Sure. I'm doing it. Yeah, that's that's the I've I can only do it against the wall. I can't. That's, yes. But it's really kind of decompressing for the back. And it's kind of nice at times. It's
0: So you know. the thing is, while I'm doing it, I, I've noticed that my mind tried to find familiar feelings in my body. How to do that, but I never did it before. That's right. That will be a new feeling. That's you right. Know? Training the muscle. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Intuition is that's somewhere, right. you know? Yeah. It's like uh, beyond the things you know. It's beyond the things you know. There is this beautiful uh, application which I will share with you. I totally forgot the name of the guy um, who had this amazing TED talk was working in uh FBI for years and he talks about the psychic abilities Mm. and how to go to this intuitive space and he has this mm, application where basically four um how do you call this uh shape
1: the square square yeah Yeah.
0: so there is a four squares and under one of this square there will be a picture and you have to feel intuitively where the picture is that's so simple and that's so interesting i think you have like 28 tries and also you know like you starting to do these things and you're like oh i feel that i get it and the moment when you think that you feel that you get it you're losing it you know and it's about intuition i think that Sure, it can appear in certain moments of life, and from my experience, you will never confuse it. You will never confuse this truth with something else. But at the same time, to consciously develop intuition, I think it takes time and effort. You can't, if you're not able to, as you said, focus for a minute... And not let your mind run to the random thoughts. I'm not sure that you'll be able to be truly connected with your intuition and to hear what is intuition, oh, you know, and yeah. separated from the bullshit in your monkey monkey mind.
2: Interesting, yeah.
0: I don't know if it yeah. The response
1: spot on. So <laughs> as though one's ability to become. Sovereign with their consciousness to the degree at which they are able to focus and they are not in rumination of monkey mind that that enables them to hone in on intuition more effectively. So that's the pairing of the intuition and the meditation on a more close level. And then. I like to your immediate response of middle path. I think that's fair. I feel like that's definitely been extremely true for me, especially given chapter seven, the sorting algorithm where you drain the dirty bathwater and you take the baby and you merge them together. That is middle path. So it seems like it's a good way for people to be is where they see that more clearly to where there's, where, where that does become something that is very central. And at the same time that the more that they work on that muscle of the intuition, the more they work on the muscle of meditation and intuition, the more that everything aligns Everything just aligns. I'm following, totally following. And you say it's, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes a day. And my, my, at least Mm -hmm. my, my, my recommendation is to. There's so many different combinations of, like we said, there's so many different items on the buffet to try and, from and merge and you got to go all the way to water and all of this type of stuff but there's nothing right now that is as profound in my opinion as the Advaita Vedanta direct path
2: hmm.
0: i had so many <laughs> so many jokes about Advaita Vedanta i'll try to remember one i'll, yeah, I'll give yeah, you I, yeah. i'll give you one <laughs> but just explanation of, uh, so in Tibetan Buddhism, we call it uh, like crazy wisdom, you know, when you do all kinds of stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> man, I try to translate it um, from Russian, there is uh, one of my friends who tried to avoid um, argument in a chat in a Facebook by saying like, uh, by creating from the word advaita, make it um, how to say like transform it. It sounds in Russian like transform it like by like inviting everyone in this chat. <laughs> like oh, you know, I'm inviting oh, everyone yeah, 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 yeah. In, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in this yeah. in this chat. Yeah, but yes, yes,
1: yes. There are definitely aspects to other perennial spiritual mystic traditions that are also similar to the direct path of Advaita Vedanta. And even there are tastes of what we are describing in the Greek philosophical traditions and in many other just planetary wisdoms where there is basically a That same teacher that we were describing earlier that is constantly anchored in the warm breath. That there is a transmission that's happening from that warm breath. And that transmission is in the form of not only that loving, compassionate presence, but the warm breath is also transmitted through question. That enables the conscious agent to inquire into the nature of their awareness and reality. And that is, in essence, the direct path, because as soon as that conscious agent begins flipping the direction. ...of their arrow from everything being external, outward, outward, outward. And they do the Ouroboros, where it goes inward... ...onto the subject investigating itself... ...which we've absolutely atrophied that muscle in modernity... ...that that process, catalyzed by these styles of perennial spiritual philosophy... Warm breath. Direct path. It's exactly the. The trigger that's needed in the modern society we live in. They're not going to go on a 10 day meditation retreat. They want to look at Instagram and TikTok. This is the world. The economic machinery make money nine to five. Buy a purse. Do your thing. Buy a new car. Impress a girl. Get married. <laughs> have kids. Repeat, repeat, nonstop, <laughs> repeat, nonstop. Repeat,
0: repeat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love that you. I love that you uh, brought it up. And it's actually, I'm thinking that how how far sometimes the mother world is from this conscious space. You know even on the buddhist retreats uh rinpoches and teachers because you know the retreats you are usually going through some stages you first face with your complicated emotions and this like very strong uh duality of your own mind and then uh usually in the end there is this feeling of bliss of love and even for the people who are constantly go for these retreats you know still teachers would say all the time it's the nature of your own mind don't you know like and people will still like fall in love you know after the after the retreat in the way of oh, like i found my love or you know just like putting putting it somewhere yes and teachers would constantly say like, hey, just meditate on this state, meditate yeah, on yes, this state. This yes, is you. Yes, yes. This is your this is not someone, you know, around or some how Dalai Lama said, you know, the teacher is not a piece of cake, which you can bite from. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, Yeah, there you go. That's a great way to put it.
1: That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And as Leo Tolstoy said, the kingdom of God is within you. Hmm. The perennial spiritual traditions say that exact same thing. So if we inspire through our show, through all of the different memes that we communicate, memetics, cultural information transfer. If we leverage our abilities here in Hollywood, in the memetic capital of the planet... To be able to shoot out, like within our idea space, these animated series and memes that catalyze that direct path style awakening to millions of people. That is a really good way to butterfly effect the awakening.
0: I think there is like I... um... I want to say, there's a, actually, like really pretty simple steps. So you meditate, you literally clear your mind as you clear your room. Uh, you're in tune in with your intuition. You find your gift, and share it with the world.
2: Yep. Right. Yep. <sighs> yeah.
1: I like the cleaning out the mind analogy to cleaning the room it's a really strong one we we typically think that it's not that much affecting us having a a bit of a mess around our living quarters. The more aware you become, the more you realize that that little mess in the living quarters of the mind is exactly what inhibits the pause. It's exactly what inhibits the love and compassion and so it must be it must undergo the process of a surgical deep-rooted investigation and eradication of suffering increase the length of that pause increase the amount of love and compassion it has to go under that process the realization of the conscious agent understanding the nature of its own awareness So it must, it must, it must. And I think that we can spread memes most effectively here in Los Angeles. I feel it. I know it. It's in my heart. It's musical. There's already been so many powerful, epic. It's
0: artistic. It's so artistic. It is. You know like Hitler could become an artist you know there was uh, this story that he actually he wanted to become a painter and somebody like really hurt his feelings in a school and said that you will never become an artist so you know that could be (laughs) such a different scenario Uh.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um, you know the that that um Archduke Franz Ferdinand that was assassinated that catalyzed the millions and millions of deaths of World War I. 15 or so million. that one sort of decision that Butterfly d- affected, And if that story about Hitler becoming an artist <laughs> and having that artist be just just, just squelched causes the massive I believe the numbers approximately seventy five million including civilians. Something egregious, the total number of World War Two deaths that we're really beginning to play with fire if one incident can lead to the the death of millions of people where consciousness rather than being able to investigate itself and express itself artistically is pressure cooked into the economic machinery and ends up cascading some sort of drastic malevolence i also want to say that that's a serve it serves us and it's crazy to see that because it's hard to see tens of millions of deaths as something that serves us it's crazy to even say that, but it does. As in, we're wiser. We're wiser, but we're also playing with fire. So there's a lot more in- epic subjects to discuss. We unpacked a lot. That was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That was so much. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness
0: this... yeah I totally lost the sense of time I don't Me know too. what time it is like no, I- no idea I was just
1: <laughs> focused on god happening right here and I was just like this is perfect everything's perfect <laughs> everything's like an expression of the most beautiful artistic flowering of creativity and it's just like yum, yum 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 thank
0: you 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 let it happen this way I was I was worried a little bit because of my uh I still have this language barrier, you know, and I just I moved here 3 years ago and I just learn American English and there are sometimes it's getting difficult for me to explain such a thing especially as consciousness and with you it was so easy, you know, because you create this very safe space and you really embody what you talk about and in your presence it's very easy to you know to put <laughs> these things <laughs> into words even i don't have a huge vocabulary <laughs> so yeah thank you
1: that made me feel very warm very loved Very registered. Very appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's so nice to be able to feel that. Be seen like that. You crushed it. (laughs) It was no language issue whatsoever. (laughs) Your explanations of your journey and your profound wisdoms landed in my heart really deeply. And... Hopefully in other people's as well. I think so. I think so. Yeah. What a cool story you have. (laughs) Remember when you first messaged it over to me, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) This is so cool. What an epic story. Well, only round one of unpacking it is so much more.
0: This is, round one.
1: this is round one. This is what you sign you yourself up for. Do you know Matryoshka? Do you know the Russian doll Matryoshka? Dolls, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's round two, round three, <laughs> round four. Round infinity? <laughs> How's this happening?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is what guests sign up for is... And that's why the recommendation engine works the way it does because the experience of the guest is one of which you describe which makes it quite easy for the guest to be like that was epic let's get other epic people on here and let's catalyze that awakening so that's what kind of a container we aim to make on the program and it absolutely has to come from an an interviewer that themselves is a truly Gnostic being. They must have the knowledge anchored inside of them. Truly, truly. And I'm still on my journey, but I can absolutely tell that the spiritual fire within me is so damn bright. (laughs) It's so damn (laughs) right. And so that's what enables the relationship to happen between the other profound conscious agent with their fire, with their flower essence smell the aroma to fully be released because i'm acting as a with my little spray bottle of mm. loving water mm. into flowers just like ha ah, ah, ha, ah. mm. and just blossoming so you share so much with me i just sponge it up i become more enriched in the process the audience becomes more enriched every guest does that process to us it's just mm. this beautiful just beautiful beautiful process I just
0: and I really love yeah. what you said earlier um, about you know I feel like you don't really sometimes need to have some extreme experience you know as you said oh this just happened in the kitchen
2: yes I was
0: just cooking food <laughs> you That's know right. and you can really you right. can see the God in the eyes of other person yes there is just Like you melt in these labels, your perceptions about how it's supposed to be, how this person is supposed to be, given this melting warm air. And here it is. Yes. Magic happen. You don't even have to go to ashram. Yeah. But sometimes you need to. (laughs) Sometimes you need to as well. Yes, yes. That's right.
2: That's right.
1: The... The Sufi mystics had their beautiful, saying: everywhere you look, you see the face of God. I always recommend chapter eight, high level perception, the magic trick. Contemplate your source, contemplate your awareness. The more you do that, the more you realize the oneness of all existence, everything coming from the same source. And when you do that, you begin thinking more holistically. And when you begin thinking from the perspective of the whole, And then you simultaneously channel that into your own artistic individuation. That is God consciousness. That's all I have to say. That's it. I have another question for you, actually. The silly ones.
0: Okay, let's do it. Okay, the
1: (laughs) silly one is,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: do you shower in the morning or at night? both you showered both times mm-hmm. twice a day mm-hmm. oh you do every yeah. day yeah interesting do you <laughs> yeah that's another it's a new response
0: unexpected.
1: <laughs> it's a new response what can i say it's a new response on the show we haven't had that twice a day yet <laughs> i haven't had that yet how about are you a five minute ten minute 20 minute 30 minute kind of shower person how long are your showers five minutes oh this is why you yeah, take two showers nice. five minutes each <laughs> boom boom yeah i see i see boom boom yeah yeah so
0: i'm wondering where is what is the where is this investigation yeah the the investigate there's many there's many points
1: in this investigation they're (laughs) all very silly and important i promise they're super important points um do you shampoo conditioner and body wash soap Do you use a loofah? How do you? No.
0: No, I don't use any of those. I mean, I use shampoo and I use conditioner. And that's it? Yes.
1: That's it. Okay. Do you have shower thoughts? What is that? Shower thoughts is when you're in the shower and you have some interesting insights.
0: In a shower?
1: You're five minutes in there, which is very fast. (laughs) I don't know if you have much time for your shower thoughts. Some people spend like half an hour in Hmm. there and have a lot of insight
0: yeah i think i do sometimes i think i do sometimes what are
1: your insights that you have in there
0: Mm, mostly about the upcoming day i'm thinking if it's uh yeah it's either about upcoming day about how to structure it better i have ideas about uh how i have to structure it in a better way yeah and after in the end of the day the thought is how i could do it better next time cool yeah
1: okay when you go to bed you're at the end of the day if you are wearing socks how do you take your socks off
0: Mm -hmm. i actually uh, take socks off right when i uh come in the house
1: yeah and how do you do it Which, which from
0: here like
1: wait Okay, so you use your right hand. First. I either
0: I either use oh you know what, yeah I either use my right hand first or either I do it with my legs. Don't use okay. my hands.
1: so sometimes you just put your foot on one mm-hmm. sock and take mm-hmm. it off, and put your foot on the other mm-hmm. sock and take it off. Yes, but sometimes you you go one hand and then the other hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you flip them inside out or do you keep them? Yeah, I flip them inside, inside of- out.
0: Is it like, uh, was um, uh, the feedback for a best questionary on these questions of yours? (laughs) No,
1: they're just kind of like silly questions. Not yet. Well, maybe we'll get some, some sometime the audience will get to make a decision and they'll be like, you know, maybe add this silly question. Take one out. Who knows? We'll maybe we'll rank rank these silly questions. When you sleep, do you sleep in pajamas? Do you sleep in?
0: I sleep naked. Me too. Yeah,
1: I sleep naked too. Yeah, yeah. Why do you sleep naked?
0: Just feel more comfortable.
1: Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel more comfortable, more divine in the mm-hmm. process. I mean,
0: I would uh, just leave naked <laughs> if I. I would able. live naked.
1: Me too. Me. You know? Me too. Me too. <laughs> that one deserves another. High five. There's something weird about all of the clothing that's it's like an obsessive compulsive disorder with fear of being naked Hmm. and so then that fear of being naked just propagates everything that we do and yeah so anyway there's a lot of more spiritual metaphysical aspects to that but now do you sleep approximately six eight how many hours do you seven see? seven seven
0: okay. six hours more most of the time six
1: six okay mm-hmm. do you lucid dream Mm-hmm. you do do you when you lucid dream do you normally plan in some sort of a meditation prior to bed kind of where you want to dream what you want to do mm-hmm that's what you do? Yeah. Okay.
0: I do that. And actually I had this ability from my, uh, I didn't develop it. I, I, or no, it was, it will be a wrong time to, uh, wrong thing to say. So my grandfather, uh, he used to tell me from the early childhood that he can order a dream. And I oh. think just this idea, which he put in my head that you can order a dream and I would just do it all the time. And That's I would great. fall asleep, I was like, okay, what do I want to dream about?" That's and cool. sometime it worked, sometime it didn't right. yeah, yeah. but um, now I would I would more be focused on a falling asleep in a loving state of mind, and again, cleaning out all the like garbage if I have some after the day, you know, and just like let universe feel the details you know, just just stay in an open, compassionate state of mind. But I actually, I had a few times, and that was very interesting, because um, I have the experience before taking a refuge, Buddhist refuge, and after, and that was a really big difference. And I feel like the Buddhist refuge for me and for my subconscious was the type of anchor. And, you know, uh, all the Buddhist practice is about... uh, how to consciously die you know and you're practicing it when you're falling asleep because it's the same similar thing right mm-hmm. so you you learn how to con- how yeah. to control your mind yep. and after and uh like in a buddhist uh tradition because of you put so much trust and love um i'm trying to explain rationally if it's unrational <laughs> you put so much love to your teacher uh, at the moment when you lose losing yourself in a dream and you feel scared, for example, or there is a, some object which scares you the first thing and as well as when you die, uh, you remember your teacher yeah. and when you remember your teacher, it brings you more energy, more confidence, yes. so you have to you are able to control your mind more you're not just running away from the fear yeah you know and i remember that i had this very vivid experience before taking the refuge and after and there was one time when i was um in a lucid dream and you know this feeling when you are when you know that you are sleeping and you are in your like you know that this physical body is right here in the bed and there was this like really mean um woman started to choke me yep and the first thing i was like okay okay what do i do what do i do i remember rinpoche yeah and i remembered my teacher and then i was like okay what else i remember i remember that she is not something else but she is my my yes. mind and i can actually make her transform to whatever Yes, and i make her transform into tara this uh, buddhist tibetan goddess Yes, and then i was like whoa <laughs> okay so what next do i do i yes. will create some other Buddhas and you know just like uh, amazing Buddha hood around me and I would just like start to create this and I remember this moment where I was able to create this reality very vividly yeah and there was a moment where I was not able to let go And just to stay still, you know, there was, I could feel still this tendency of mind, like not being able to totally relax and trust. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was, that was very interesting because it took me to my, uh, let's say like next step of my, of my practice. Like I figured the tendency of my mind through lucid dreaming.
1: Yeah. There's a great place for practice in the dream world for these types of awakening wisdoms. Do you do a journal of your mm-hmm. dreams?
0: Sometimes, not all the time.
1: Just based on how profound or interesting they are? Mm-hmm. That's what I do too. What's your favorite food? Hmm. Grechka. <laughs> really? <laughs> I love grechka. Seriously? That's buckwheat for those that don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's buckwheat. It's honestly that the first thing come to my mind, I don't have a favorite food. No. Oh, you don't. I don't have I okay. don't have a favorite food. I just uh, my mind just transform it into what if there will be one product which uh, w- what if just one product would exist which one you choose you and know it would because be yeah no i no yeah, oh, no It yeah it, will, be? Yeah, okay, it would okay. be grechka i just mean i don't have a, i don't have a favorite food no.
1: yeah interesting i like it a lot yeah it's been passed down so much in lineage so you kind of just yeah pick it up and get used <laughs> to it yeah i want to also briefly check in about this in terms of metaphysics just the nature of reality kind of why it exists do you have an idea that why it exists
0: why it exists because it wants to play this game wants to enjoy it wants to express love from experience i had not my thoughts but experience is just wants to express love and creates a different scenarios making itself to believe in suffering and pain to being able to express love to itself
1: (laughs) interesting yeah that metaphysics is an interesting one it's one that we've played with for the last couple of years in different sorts of guests on the program have been sharing things similar to that and it's been really interesting analyzing those because they resonate they're fun and then today my my intuitions around the nature of reality seemed to be mostly around consciousness exploring infinity and it doing that eternally and that this is just one exploration this is one taste you know this may be chocolate this is the four limb two eye carbon based DNA encoded mm-hmm. creature on this exact planet orbiting the star and that In order to get to the tastes of vanilla strawberry mango all these other tastes that we're about to enter into the metaverse which is where we came from which is that synthesis of artificial general intelligence and simulation theory and bio and neurotech mixed realities infinite designer realities that we go into and then we pop out exploring another 80 year experience of some sort of a conscious agent experience that enables consciousness to just continue exploring infinity because you can never finish exploring something that's unbounded. So if that's more of something that can be investigated mathematically by us, it's exciting. Because I like the stories of play and fun and exploration and playing with the illusion of separation and all of these things. They're very fun. I'm also simultaneously looking at something that is exciting to play with mathematically. So, if it's possible, (laughs) it could be exciting.
0: You know this story about... um I think it was Brahm, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. This Hindu story, when they was talking about who is uh, who's cooler, you know, and they uh, try to find the way. Uh, what was they doing? They were like trying to find the limits of universe, and the Shiva like would go in in a. Infinite space, you know, like to the to the all of direction, and they couldn't find the That's beginning right. and the go. end.
1: There you go. Amen. N- Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, conscious agents must expand their awareness to these truly infinite, eternal, cyclic, godlike. States of being
0: sat chitananda para Brahman.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right, baby. Existence, consciousness, bliss. I love it. Amen. I and my father are one. John ten thirty. Tatva Masi, you are that, we are that. Wahat al Wujud, the unity of all being existence from the Sufis. Diversity and oneness is the mathematics of the infinite. Sri the mother mural al-fasa. right. That's it. Boom. Good stuff. That's it. That's a wrap. I'm proud of us. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> Wait, one more.
1: Boom. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was super oh. awesome. Thank you. Yeah there's many more to come we're only scratching the surface we're only scratching the surface (laughs) let us know let us know your thoughts in the comments below also if you want to see Maya on the program oh yeah we'd love we'd love to we'd love to get some nine nine nine-year-old awakened consciousness to enter in the hearts of the 30 year olds that are watching so they can realize what the infinite joy bliss looks like oh man (laughs) hopefully we can do it we'll explore We'll explore. We'll see. Check out the links in the bio below, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Massively appreciate you. You have uh, you have Liana's Insight App teacher profile. So she's got a bunch of online courses on there. And you can find it on the links in the bio below. But it's on the web or on the, the Insight Timer app as well. Check that out. Also, she has a bunch of other projects that... She's currently on her Instagram page. You can go find those there. She's got Mindful Mom. She's trying to promulgate mindfulness in secular ways around the planet. She's got a Human Cosmos app. Super interesting stuff. Pure Zen Su is the most recent project. Short, simple tools to bring awareness to the present moment with love and compassion. So a lot of epic stuff to check out. Definitely follow her for more on that yeah that's uh that's the essence go and build the future manifest your dreams into the world support the artists the entrepreneurs the spiritual leaders the scientists the engineers those that are building the future you can support us all of simulations links are in the bio below support us help us flourish and that's it investigate your consciousness listen to your thoughts in the bio below keep in touch about these deeper states of meditation and intuition keep us posted Big love. Good job. That was so fun. (laughs) That was so fun. That was so fun. Much love. (laughs) See you soon. Peace, guys.